You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Men. And bringing you today's episode is Draft. Our friends at Draft have a, a great product and one that we obviously like to do every single Wednesday. Join one of our drafts. It's very simple. Go to draft.com or download the Draft app onto your phone. And then you can get into one of our drafts. It's very simple to use. And the promo code is L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Locked On Bucks. And that'll get you a free play with your first deposit at Draft. So that means you can play in the leagues that we create tomorrow for free. You get a free play. It'll show up right away and you'll know that you can play a $3 game for free and our games are always $3 so you can try to take our money. I've been on a bit of a hot streak, I will warn you. Um, (laughs) So I don't know if you're going to be taking my money for sure, but Last week I ended up winning some money, so you know I'm kind of I'm kind of in the zone. Last two weeks I'm feeling it, so beware. But and I am not. I am not. <laughs> so so beware. It, it's coming. Um, but just uh, looking at this game tonight, the Bucks win one. Okay, why would I even talk about that? Giannis jumped over a dude. Like that's that's Six, the five dude. That's the takeaway. He he jumped over Tim Hardaway um, and. Man, just kind of crazy. Uh, Matt Velasquez uh, just tweeted here on the scene. That he said that he asked Giannis about his dunk over Tim Hardaway Jr. tonight, and he had some fun with it. Smiled as he said Chris's pass wasn't a good one and that he didn't see Hardaway. Then I asked what the response has been so far. Here is answers to both questions. So on uh, Chris's pass not being a good one. Chris was going. I knew he was going to throw me the lob. It was a bad pass by Chris, but I was able to get up and go get the ball. I did not see Tim Hardaway under me. I just went up there and just went hard and tried to get the ball and dunk the ball. And then responses, I haven't looked at my phone, but I know a lot of people are going to reach out, about, out to me and ask me about the dunk, what happened, how I feel about it, which one's better, mine or Vince Carter's over Frederick Weiss. But it was just a good play. So, yeah, that occurred tonight. Giannis caught an alley-oop on uh, Chris Middleton. It was just funny to see Chris Middleton, I think, could have gotten his own shot uh, pretty easily, but slowed down a little bit when he saw Giannis streaking behind him. He was on the left lane line, Giannis on the right one. He throws it up um, in a two-on-one situation. Giannis catches it with one hand and throws it on. I would say on Tim Hardaway's head, but he jumped over Tim Hardaway. So just through the basket. And I don't know if I've, I would say, I don't know if I've seen a more ridiculous play, but in MSG alone, Giannis hit a game winner last year and also almost dunked from the free throw line against Mello. So that I don't even have, like, I don't have a hyperbolic statement that summarizes what he did well enough. Cause it was crazy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, um, I watched this game on DVR. I was not following anything on Twitter. I was just watching it. Um, like probably an hour behind and um my my parents are in town right now visiting 
And my dad actually came down at one point and said, like, when the second quarter was like, apparently Giannis has an amazing dunk. And I was like, how do you know that? And he was like, well, I looked on Twitter. My dad, like, doesn't <laughs> even have a – my dad has a flip phone, okay? But he has he has an iPad and a, and a laptop, and he uh, he does check Twitter. And I was like, well, what Twitter feed did you – like, I mean, he doesn't have a Twitter account. He was like, oh, I looked on the Brew Hoop Twitter, Twitter page. And, you know, so I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's how you – that's how you do it. Um, so I knew something was coming. And to be honest, I when like when I saw it, like and not live, but like live to me, um, I was like, oh, that was awesome. And I didn't but I didn't realize that he like literally jumped over Tim Hardaway until they saw the replay. Um, and yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I'm a, I mean, it's an amazing dunk, but I'm I'm a, a, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm a little surprised that like now when I'm looking on Twitter, it's like everybody is talking about this dunk like it's you know, like the greatest dunk of Giannis's career. And like, I don't think it's the greatest dunk of Giannis's career. It's, I mean, it was amazing. Like Tim Hardaway just like happened to be under him. And I imagine Giannis has had a lot of dunks where somebody just happened to be under him. He could have jumped over him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and I don't think it's anywhere close to like the Frederick Weiss dunk. Cause I mean, I totally Frederick agree. Weiss, Frederick Weiss is seven feet tall and like literally was looking at Vince Carter coming at him. Whereas, you know, Tim Hardaway just didn't really know what's going I, on. So, I mean, it's an amazing dunk. It looked cool. The ball went through the basket beautifully. Um, <laughs> it's an awesome dunk, but, um, I, you know, I think it, it's, uh, it, it's funny. Cause I mean, when I was, when my dad warned me about, it, I was like, well, good. Cause this was right before Perzingis got hurt and Perzingis was making Giannis look terrible. Giannis couldn't get anything going at the rim. He was out of control. He wasn't getting foul calls. I mean, he, was terrible for a large portion of the first half and obviously he turned it on a bit and you know probably not coincidentally after Porzingis suffered that scary knee injury because um I mean if Porzingis doesn't injure his knee uh I I don't know if the Bucks are are winning this game by double digits or at all to be honest because that was a huge momentum shifter and obviously you know fingers crossed for for Porzingis because you know you hate to see another young guy lose lose significant time to a knee injury but um Obviously, uh, for the Bucks, you know, slow, kind of sloppy start, but um, they really found their mojo. Giannis found his mojo, but Eric Bledsoe played very well for a second straight game. Chris Middleton, um, you know, kind of in the flow, had a quiet 20 points, and Jabari Parker also um, continued to look pretty solid uh, in his continued comeback. So, um, yeah, I mean, ended up being a very comfortable road win for the Bucks, but... Uh, you know, kind of, kind of interesting how how things did have to have to take kind of a right turn there after not a super impressive uh, first, like let's say, eighteen minutes of basketball. Yeah, I was so kind of trying to get at some of the stuff you said there. Um, Giannis versus Vince, I take Vince as well, and some people said like, well, it's so amazing that he jumped over this guy and then he also like caught the alley-oop and was able to throw it down while Vince just like dunked over a guy. And I was like, well, it, to me, it's more impressive that Vince dunked over a guy because he was attacking the basket and knew when he jumped that the only thing he could do was jump over this guy. <laughs> like that, that was the only way the dunk was happening is, is if he actively jumped over Frederick Weiss. Like, that's the only way it could happen. While Giannis, like, his focus was catching an alley-oop and hopefully not getting hurt on the landing. Like, I don't know that actively Giannis in his head was like, okay, uh, Chris is going to throw this alley-oop, I'm going to split my legs, and Tim Hardaway is going to go underneath it. Like, that is not going through his head. Like, going through his mind was, go catch the alley-oop and dunk it. And that's what he did. So, I I think there's 
a level of intent in Vince Carter's dunk uh, that that simply did not exist in Giannis's dunk. And it's kind of like you said, like by the time like the first time you saw it, it was like, whoa, he just detonated the rim. And then you got to see it again. And you're like, okay, he jumped over Tim Hardaway Jr. That was incredible. So yes, I would, I would lean your way as well that the Vince Carter dunk uh, was better. And then on top of that, woof to Giannis's first quarter. My God, it was terrible. Like it was, just, he was just kind of out of control. You could tell he didn't really know what to do with Porzingis, um, and it was just, it, it was strange to see that because in that, in that last Knicks game just a week ago on Friday night, it it felt like he had kind of figured out the ways to attack Porzingis. You know what I mean? Like late in that game, he was figuring out how to get around him. He was figuring out how to attack him, and then tonight it looked like let's see the ESPN game the Bucks had against the Knicks last year in that fourth quarter where Porzingis just kind of shrunk him. And then there was some contact by the rim. Most, I thought much of it caused by Giannis. I didn't know if there, there might've been one or two where he should have all calls, but for the most part, it was just kind of him being out of control and just generally being lost. And the Bucks looked that way for most of that first half. And the, the crazy thing is Porzingis goes out and the Knicks immediately rattle off. I think it's an eight nothing run. It goes from thirty one to thirty to thirty nine to thirty, and it was it was just strange because you think, okay, Porzingis goes out, the Knicks are just gonna pack it in for the night, and like it's over. Um, but the Bucks had to fight back and and to get a lead at the half and make it fifty forty six, and then um, in the second half they kind of just pulled away in that third quarter, and it, it was really kind of everything starting to go back their way. Uh, Bledsoe and Giannis, uh, Bledsoe had eight assists tonight, Giannis has six, and both of them were kind of just in that mode where they're attacking, and when they were kicking out, guys were hitting threes, and uh, when the things are starting to go right like that like that that kind of helps the bucks have a rough night overall from three eight of 26 on the night but there was just that third quarter stretch where i think middleton got a corner three thon had a corner three um so they kind of hit some of them and then just pulled away and then the knicks got increasingly sloppy in the third quarter and then there was a couple dunks and fast breaks and um the bucks kind of just took took care of business, which again, we talked about earlier this year when they're playing bad teams. That's just not something we've seen them do. They just haven't, haven't really done that. They haven't taken care of business and said, okay, tonight is a night that you are going to lose. You are worse than we are. And we're just going to take care of business. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, uh, obviously Three guys in all three, all three of Bledsoe, Middleton, and Adetokounmpo all get over twenty points. Giannis twenty three points, eleven rebounds, six assists. Bledsoe twenty three points, eight assists, five rebounds. Middleton, like you said, a quiet night, eight for fifteen from the field, two four from three, but still twenty points, two assists for him. And it, to me, it just kind of felt like those those guys said we're going to win this game, and that's that's kind of what they did. And it, it was again as we've said throughout this stretch of two weeks, these are, these are bad teams there. There's no doubt that these are bad teams and the bucks going into this stretch of schedule certainly had to have some idea that they were going to come away with a, a number of wins if they took care of business, but the bucks are taking care of business and they're getting those wins. And that's really what matters. Sadly though, 
you guys won't be getting wins. That's just not how it's going to work. You will not get wins against Frank and I on draft because I'm on a bit of a hot streak and Frank's going to get it together and we're going to take your money on draft. But if you want the chance to take ours, head over to draft, download the app on your phone or go to draft.com and then start following at Eric underscore name or at locked on Frank and be a part of our draft Wednesday. We do it each and every Wednesday. We put two leagues together. We have a good time and it's just, a, I mean, it ends up being a lot of fun. So hopefully you'll come over there and join us and, and draft is, it's very simple. It, when you think about what you're doing, you don't have to know the deep sleepers. You don't have to figure out the best way to budget your salary to get the best players and then figure out the the deep sleepers that are going to work and get you the points that you need and pull out a win. Like you're only drafting the best players and it makes just watching basketball more fun. So come over and join us on draft. Use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. And it's very simple. You put in that promo code, then it's going to give you a free play. And that free play will be represented just as a little ticket on the app. And any $3 game, that ticket will be there and it'll let you know that you can play for free. And you know what? Our game is $3 each and every week. So you can play with us tomorrow for free when you make that first deposit at draft. So head over there today, use promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S, and then take an L from me because that's what's going to happen. Or maybe it'll be me. Who knows? It all depends, and it depends on who drafts the best team, and that's kind of the beauty of it, that we don't have to worry about this any longer than just today, Draft Wednesday. It's a one-day fantasy draft. We'll have some fun, so head over to draft.com or download the app. I was a little surprised looking at the advanced numbers after the game. Um, this was actually a very below average offensive game for the Bucks. 102.6 yep. rating. Um, their defensive rating, 88.6. We'll have to check if that's the best mark they've had all season or close to it. Um, I, I was also surprised. It felt like the Bucks made a bunch of threes, but they were only 8 out of 26, only 12 fast break points. And it felt it felt like there was a lot more... In both of those categories? Like See, as I was talking about it, like I hadn't actually put the box score yeah. in front of me, and I'd assumed I was going to see the Bucks at like 40-plus percent from three and a bunch of fast break points, but I think really they all kind of just happened in that yeah. in that little stretch where they ballooned that lead out in the third quarter. But yeah, when I looked at the stats too, I was shocked. Like 8 of 26 from three, I've, it felt like they were hitting a lot more. Yeah, and the Knicks did have 17 turnovers, um, and... Uh, those turned into sorry 20 total team tomer turnovers turned to 28 um bucks points off turnovers which obviously probably is, is more speaking to sort of that feeling of like nick sloppiness leading to bucks points yeah. which felt fast breaky um you know felt like getting easy you know seeing easy buckets which uh but really those we, i guess you know probably a lot of it was um you know the weight of maybe the first the first bit of the game feeling like much more of a slog um although you know interesting i mean the bucks points by quarter 25 25 26 27 so they're really pretty pretty consistent so um so yeah i mean interesting kind of to look at the numbers and actually kind of compare this to kind of what this game felt like um and a lot of it though was uh, i think you know Bledsoe was extremely efficient he was seven out of 11 from the field 23 points um make seven out of seven free throws eight assists um but uh, pretty much everybody else uh, middleton also eight out of 15 um but a lot of other guys shot under 50 percent i mean Giannis was 10 out of 23 for 23 points that's really inefficient three out of six free throws um hurting my soul with with poor free throw shooting um so he was definitely inefficient this was not a good 
really scoring game from Giannis. Um, but 11 rebounds, six assists. We saw a lot more kind of point Giannis um, with those second units. We saw Jason Terry kind of come in and, you know, kind of throw backish Giannis basically leading the offense and Terry kind of playing off ball. Um, so, you know, again, kind of that's a, a bit fun to watch. Um, and, but then, you know, kind of other guys miss a lot of shots. You know, I mean, Tony Snell, 0 out of 2. Sterling Brown, 0 for 3, including a missed breakaway dunk that was painful after a steal. Um, that one was and, really strange. Like, it looked like he didn't know how to dribble. Yeah, he, like, well, he the, ca- and he came the, from that weird angle because he kind of didn't control it well. It was just a strange, strange play. Yeah. Like, I, I was still trying to – like, he was, like, kind of, like, pecking at the ball with his hand um, yeah. instead of, like, attempting to dribble it with his I don't, it was i don't know i still can't really comprehend it and i've watched it a couple times and i have no idea what he was doing but it yeah. did not look good um, and he will end up on shacks and a fool on thursday <laughs> one one thing that i did like was um it seemed like especially when bledsoe and jabari were out there and i think this started i think in the second quarter when they made that run um, after after they made the sort of post after the Knicks had that post Porzingis run, then the Bucks kind of you know punched back. Um, I thought Bledsoe and Jabari in particular, like there was just sort of a a pace to them in the half court. We often talk about Bledsoe not playing with any urgency yeah. <laughs> and being kind of slow, um, but his attacking, uh, he repeatedly got into the paint and found guys for layups, found guys for kickouts. Um, I thought he put a lot of pressure on the defense um, and, you know, it didn't always lead to to points, but it seemed like him and Jabari were finding each other. Um, guys were, I, I don't know, it felt like guys were having fun for, mm-hmm. for a lot of long stretches in those kind of middle two quarters, um, especially in that third quarter when they kind of blew the game open. Um, it, it was fun to watch, even though, you know, ultimately it wasn't like, you know, the, the numbers and these guys aren't necessarily that impressive. Um, but Giannis obviously got more of uh, a rhythm going in the late second quarter and then into that third quarter um, and, you know, was able to kind of get his get his numbers um, a bit, even though he really didn't have, uh, again, that that efficient of a game. But yeah, um, I was going to say with Bledsoe and Parker, I think one thing that's kind of interesting with both of those guys is when they stand offensively, they are not particularly good <laughs> you're you're just gonna uh, it's maybe more so with Bledsoe like Parker can hit that pull up or that like catch and shoot three he was over two for, for tonight but that is a shot that he feels more confident in but when those two can just and again it, they're kind of strange cuts it's not like for either of them to immediately pass and cut but if someone makes a drive it, it, the key for both of them is kind of that head start like if you catch on a head start the defense is still reacting, like the defense is still recovering, and then you're on the move as you catch the ball. It just, I mean, it just turns the screws on a defense. Like, you just can't sit and recover. And at the start of the game, there was a sequence where I think Bledsoe got the ball in the corner and had Porzingis on him. And it was a situation where it should be catch, immediately attack. Like, that dude's seven foot three, and he's just too big for you, and Bledsoe caught jab stepped and then the shot, shot clock. clock was running down yeah. and he got blocked and it was just like dude Ugh. that dude's seven foot three like you have to move it and then there were i think it was maybe second quarter there was a sequence where Giannis drive to his right kick back to blood at the top of the key and instead of standing catching and then thinking about shooting it was a catch on the move he got right into the middle of the lane and he got right to the rim and 
when he's doing that, that really applies the pressure. And um, I know he's mentioned now in a couple of interviews that he just wasn't feeling right the last week or so, and he had some uh, some problems with his ankle, and obviously he was out for, uh, and he obviously had missed some games with that. Um, and he said in the last two games that like he kind of feels right again. And uh, I, I honestly hope that that's true, that I hope for that week, week and a half where he wasn't playing as well, it was more health-related because when he is active like that, things just really go and it was kind of the same thing with Jabari like there was two I thought really nice baseline Bari plays where uh in that third quarter one was an alley-oop that uh came a little bit after Giannis had gotten his so maybe it wasn't quite as exciting but still it it was a baseline Bari kind of play where he was just in that dead zone attacked when Chris drove got the alley-oop and finished and then there was another one where he came on that baseline again tried to reverse layup but ended up missing it and I think it went out of bounds or maybe uh fouled on the on the uh as he was going up to the basket something like that but the bucks got the ball back but it was another baseline barry play and the key for like i just think it's so essential for those two that they have to be threats without the basketball and with Bledsoe, it's a little bit harder because he's not a great standstill shooter. He he likes right. to kind of have that rhythm dribble. So if you can't be a catch-and-shoot guy, then you have to find ways to apply pressure in other ways when you're off the ball, and those type of cuts are huge. And, uh, I mean, I think that's something Jabari has done really well. Uh, I know, obviously, I, I've written about baseline Bari and kind of fawned over exe- just him on the baseline, working that baseline and finding those dead zones uh, to attack from. Like, those two doing those things makes this Bucks offense that much more difficult to cover, especially uh, on the nights where... Um, when Giannis doesn't have something going on, like if those guys can be effective in those ways, it just makes, makes up for Giannis. And then also when he does get it going, they just become impossible to cover. Yeah. And as you were speaking, um, word coming out over Twitter, that Chris has Porzingis indeed tore his ACL, um, on that play. So, um, you know, unfortunately the Bucks fans, we know all too well, the, um, emotions as a fan of, of seeing a guy like that, um, he dealt such a harsh blow, and I mean, even worse for the Knicks. I mean, you know, think about it as Bucks fans. I mean, losing Jabari twice. I mean, we still had Giannis, right? Like yeah. as a fan, you you at least can say, okay, I, I, you know, like let's focus on the guys we have. And as fans, you can still root for you know a, a team that you know a guy, for a guy who obviously now is is an MVP candidate. Um, the Knicks, man, if you're a Knicks fan, and you go from <sighs> at least having Kristaps to, I mean. Hey, I like Frank Nilakina, but Jesus, I mean, the next year is going to be rough. So, um, pretty much, Man. pretty much any any illusion of uh, of the Knicks being able to make any type of playoff run, obviously, at this point is is you know those are gone. Um, and this is know, dumb, again, Frank. Injuries are so stupid. I hate them. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, it's one thing to have these like you know the Malcolm Brogdon injuries, right? But these injuries, like what Jabari suffered, now what Chris has suffered, um, you know, these injuries where you just you sit and you wonder, like, is this guy not not only when is this guy going to come back, but is he going to be the same? Yeah. How does this affect the trajectory of his career? I mean, I think for Chris Stapps, obviously, um, you know, his game. I think as long as it's not something that happens again, you know, <laughs> he's so skilled, he's so big. You know, as long as he doesn't continue to have like you know leg, foot type injuries, which are you obviously worry about with big guys, um, I'm sure he can come back from this. But man, if you're a Knicks fan, that's rough. And 
Um, I know, um, who was it? Somebody tweeted at me um, asking, where's the question? Was asking, uh, Aaron Tollickson asked me, uh, with Chris Hepp's apparent knee injury, does Chris get in the All-Star game? Um, jumping on <laughs> jumping on the injury <laughs> quickly. Jeez. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure if there, I mean, are there other guys who are much more deserving that are left? I, I don't even know if there really are um, guys left in the East. I know, I think Adam Silver's basically been just going through the coaches' voting um, and kind of running down the list. And I, I don't, I, I was trying to find where the if the coaches' voting was made public, but I haven't actually seen it. Um, and I know in um, uh, the interview that Howard back from Bleacher Report did with Chris Middleton um, on his podcast, The Full Forty Eight, uh, yesterday, uh, which you can check out. Kind of a boring interview, to be honest. Um, Beck actually brought up. He was like, "Well, you didn't get in the All Star game. The coaches, coaches didn't vote in the All Star game." And he actually, I think he alluded to Chris being like way down in the voting, which I hadn't seen like where he was, um, which just kind of felt mean to to bring up. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think at this point, like you know, you've probably gotten through enough people. I mean, Miami got their token guy with Dragic. Um, who who else is really deserving? Ben uh, Simmons, maybe. Yeah, Ben Simmons. I think Simmons. We talked. I mean, Simmons was a guy I thought was deserving at the time of uh, when we talked about uh, about it like a month ago. Um, so I don't know, but obviously the Bucks now having moved up a lot, um, you know, the Bucks probably look like a team more more, uh, more deserving of uh, of two All Stars. Even though um, you know, I think you could certainly argue that that Middleton hasn't necessarily been as good as as Simmons. But uh, yeah, anything's possible. I, again, I don't know what what the list is that Silver's got, but um, I'm not going to hold my breath, but um, you know the Bucks now, 30 and 23, the same record. This is the best record the Bucks have had since February of the 2014 season, when they traded Brandon Knight and they lost, I think, like four or five games or something like that after Oof. that. So basically, it's take. I mean, this and this is probably in a nutshell. Also, like, why is Jason Kidd no longer coach? Because he he reeled off this really nice start to his career, which obviously was very surprising. And even though his teams have been getting progressively more talented, only now, four years later, do they have a, as good of a record as they did at the high water mark of that yeah. first season. So um, let's just say, Bucks, don't take your uh, feet off the pedal. Um, they are still in the fifth spot. Uh, they're two losses up on Indiana, in the, that, who are sixth. Uh, the Heat have lost a number of games in a row. They're at 29-25. Sixers 26-25. Um, but ahead of them, the Wizards are one game up in the win column at 31 and 23, and the Cavs are just 30 and 22, so they're a, a one game up in the loss column. So, <laughs> I mean, the Bucks are indeed a half game out of the three spot in the East right now, which is is pretty incredible. And again, I don't I don't know if the Bucks have, you know, it doesn't. I mean, as much as the Bucks have been better, it feels like you know this is much more the schedule than necessarily the Bucks just figuring everything out yeah. but um obviously this was this was one of the storylines you know the the idea of of taking care of business and um you know for a Bucks team that that again uh, and this is Chris Milton actually alluded to this in this interview yesterday with Howard Beck that the 
that this is a team that you know Middleton said they played to the level of their competition and they didn't always get up and um, you know our friend Dean Maniat had a uh, some stats he tweeted out tonight um, against sub 500 teams the Bucks under Jason Kidd 10 and four pretty good right yep. but offensive rating of 108 defensive rating of 105.6 plus 2.4 points per 100 that's not that not great, no. that's that's not a 10 and four type record that's probably getting lucky with some of those wins um joe prunty six and zero against sub 500 teams uh offensive rating of 110.7 defensive rating of 94.7 plus 16 net rating um so again the bucks certainly uh again they haven't faced a gauntlet yet um but you know, taking care of business, they they they're taking care of what's in front of them. Uh, with the exception of that game in Minnesota, they haven't lost since Joe Prunty took over. So, um, you know, again tonight, again didn't start off particularly well. Maybe wouldn't have been the same story if if Porzingis doesn't get hurt. Um, but you know, credit to to the Bucks, they kept fighting, kept playing through it, and you know, Bledsoe in particular played well, had another good game. Obviously, I think that's really encouraging to see given what we had disappointingly seen from him before mm-hmm. so hopefully this is more of what the real Bledsoe is going to look like and then um you know obviously I'm not worried about Giannis shooting poorly tonight um and Jabari obviously continued yeah I will say this about Jabari um there are a few plays where it seemed like he kind of was like I don't want to say not, he, he was not limping or something but it seemed almost like he was moving kind of gingerly if that makes sense yeah um and he got lost pretty badly a couple times on defense. There was a, did you notice that one play where it was like he was, he was going to be the last man back, and somebody else was like another buck was kind of sprinting up, and he just sort of pointed at the guy to go like. To <laughs> I'd have to watch it again, but it was basically like I don't want to def- I don't want to be the last line of defense on this, so go go foul that guy. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was uh, yeah. Um, but, but obviously overall, you know, uh, every game that Jabari plays where he, you know, looks comfortable, makes some plays, um, had his first dunk, first couple dunks of his, uh, return tonight. Uh, those are positive. So, uh, I'm not going to certainly not complain about, uh, about Jabari and played 20 minutes tonight. So hopefully those minutes continue to rise and, uh, yeah. Um, other thing. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say the other thing I wanted to mention was, I mean, Zeller was was in the house, but uh, oh, he's bad. Marshall Plumley, man. Like, oh, Plumley's good. Yeah, like he was totally like there. There's just a, a level of effort that he gives that, despite looking dopey and unathletic on the floor, like there's just he just kind of has a nose. Like there was just a, a number of often uh, he had two offensive rebounds and like, he, he was he's just always around like every rebound someone else is going to get is going to be contested and like that to me like that just feels good whether or not Marshall Plumley has crazy rebound numbers and I, I mean six rebounds that was good. Uh, two six of which offensive minutes. rebounds yeah. in 20 minutes like that's really solid but there was just kind of uh, the level of work you have to put in against Marshall Plumley is nice to see, if that makes any sense. Like you're, if you are playing against him, you are going to work for all of your rebounds. And obviously it's, he's not going to have overwhelming athleticism that's going to go over you, but he's gonna make you work for everything. He's going to be physical. And I just thought it, it was a, it was a solid 20 minutes for him tonight. Um, so I, I thought that was, that was kind of nice to see. Um, Thon- was Thon was Thon Maker 
pretty decent tonight. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I'm pre- <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was decent tonight, and um, I mentioned it. I think yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, or sometime in the last couple of days, I mentioned the fact that he had one of those blocks where it was like a, I don't want to say a chase, like a half-court chase down, where he's kind of trailing behind a guard and then gets one, and he had another two blocks tonight, and it just seems to be, I mean, he had a corner three on a pass from Giannis, where there was just a bunch of traffic around, and then Giannis kind of finds him in that corner, and he hits it, and there. I mean, again, I don't want to start saying Don's figured it out and he's going to be awesome again. But again, for us to be feeling like there was some encouraging signs from Don is something nice to say. Like we haven't, we haven't been able to say that in the last little while. So, um, new addition, Tyler Zeller, not great. Uh, didn't look good. Um, no, but Don Maker, all of the moving screens, all of the moving screens. Yes. Somehow picks up two in, what that so that that was the worst stretch of basketball maybe the Bucks have played all season because it, it went Plumley moving screen Giannis turnover Plumley moving screen Tony Snell turnover and all of them were baskets on the other end for the Knicks so just ugly stuff but yeah Maker and Plumley looking good which is nice like good that that's just a good thing to say and then finally I would say shout out to Sean Kilpatrick not the most efficient night and. Well, that'll happen sometimes with Sean Kilpatrick. He's a bit of a chucker. Um, but he gets 16 points, 3 of 8 from the three-point line. Um, and again, just kind of helping out with some bench points. Like That that can be really big. And in the third quarter, he was one of the people that hit a three in that run. Uh, I think a corner three from Giannis uh, in semi-transition that Giannis was able to find him on. So that it's a, a contribution from the bench is a contribution from the bench. Even if it is a little bit inefficient, um, that can really help out. So... That would be what I have for this game. Anything else you want to add, or are you good, Frank? Uh, let me. So, on the topic of this Giannis dunk, um, okay. I'm trying to think of most where it ranks in sort of the pantheon of Giannis um, Giannis dunks. Okay. Uh, and let me let me give you some some candidates, um, and you can let me know sort of how you how you think about it, and obviously we can reflect on this over time. Um, so some some that immediately come to mind as being like some of Giannis's best dunks. So I'm, I'm probably like we'll forget of at least one of them. But um, Giannis almost free throw line with Carmelo next to him versus the Knicks last year. Yep. Giannis almost free throw line versus the Pacers last year. Yep. Giannis's double clutch uh, from like the dotted line versus the Pacers versus the Heat at home. Yep. Giannis lefty on Serge Ibaka like that was zero stab like, two years great. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, or no, yeah, that, that was, like, was that, that was, was that point Giannis here. That was point Giannis here. Okay. Um, Giannis uh, on Gobert, okay. lefty on Gobert. Uh, or <laughs> I, I don't, I do not want people to sleep on those two dunks that Giannis put on Jared Allen. Like <laughs> the, the second one of those was. Well, they were both. In, I, I don't know if I can say the second one was a lot better than the first one, but I mean, he just crammed down on a seven footer. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I'm not really sold that that this dunk is actually better than any of these dunks I just listed. I think it probably is is more novel in that you just don't jump over literally over a guy that often. But I don't think apparently from what Giannis told Matt Velasquez. 
and what it seemed like to, to happen to Tim Hardaway. I'm not sure either Hardaway nor Giannis actually realized what Giannis did, which um, I don't want to. I don't want to. Again, I'm not like trying to assassinate the awesomeness of this dunk, but I don't know. I feel like Giannis has had some insane dunks, and I don't. I don't. I, I want us to to properly pay respect to all of Giannis's, you know, his entire dunk catalog. Um, what, what do gonna, you think? Where, are, do any of those like leap out to you as like that's the best Giannis dunk? Or um, I don't know. What do you, how are you kind of feeling about it initially? We can we can talk about this over the next few days as we continue to build some critical distance to it. Obviously, I think intent is huge. Like I, I talked about that with Vince over Giannis. Like I think intent is is big in that you have to be thinking to yourself like I'm going to go do this thing and whatever x is is insanely disrespectful to whoever is there like that that is kind of where i do it so i i think this goes relatively low on that list because i don't know that he knew in the moment what he was doing like it's incredible that he pulled it off and i will definitely watch the replay and i'm sure a bunch of people are gonna have new backgrounds on their phone because of this dunk like all of that will happen, and there's probably going to be some cool photoshops, and there's already been some good ones, but I'm sure there'll be some more. Um, so I'm sure all of that will happen, but I don't know about the intent on this one. Um, so I'm trying to think which one I really like the most. Um, that Miami Heat one is silly. Like uh, To yeah. double pump and throw it down with two hands... Like functionally for for a good reason, correct. right? Like, like it's it was not a like double it was just pump, like, like a rounded yeah. defender, and then to come back around and throw it down, I, I think is to me just one of the most impressive because like it was very functional and needed to get done. Um, so I, I what makes this so hard is that you're all of these dunks represent different things, like the fact that he could do what he did tonight just kind of speaks to his innate abilities. Like just that he could casually dunk, like jump over someone, catch an alley-oop and dunk it. Like that's just insane. But then at the same time, like Jared, the Jared Allen dunks are his most intimidating. Like he looked at a seven footer and said, I'm going to wrap this right arm around and throw this on your head. Like that, that to me is super intimidating. The I think the double pump one is super useful. The uh, the mellow one, like I think it was a situation when where where he thought mellow was going to try to follow him and try to stop the fast break. So he said, "Okay, I'm going to jump now." And then midway through there, he was like, "Oh, I can actually dunk this because mellow yeah. decided." I, I'm, like, I'm still I, amazed he actually continue, He actually tried to dunk it even. Yeah, because he literally barely. I mean, he was almost like landing on the ground as he did yeah. that one. It he, was so far out. And he still did it. So I, like, the, the reason why this is so tough is because all those things are, they're all about, they all encompass like a different idea, like intimidation, um, just like intention, uh, usefulness, functionality. Like there's so many different things there, but I almost want to say one of these Jared Allen dunks. Like it, they were just so mean. And so forceful and so intimidating that I almost want to put one of them on the list. Because, and Jared Allen's not a little dude. Yeah. He's a, no matter how little Giannis seems to respect him, he is a big dude. And Giannis is just throwing dunks on him. Where do you go? Uh, Yeah. I just rewatched the Jared Allen dunks and 
you know, I think the, the, the what makes them less impressive is that like I think they kind of like he kind of caught Allen flat footed a little bit. So like Allen really didn't get a chance to even like get up effectively, which does. I mean, it doesn't make it less impressive. It's just be honest, did more of the work in sort of the dribble and like lead up to it by putting Allen kind of on his heels. So like Allen almost didn't even have a chance to stop him. Um <sighs> I think the Gobert one would have been if Rudy had like not pulled out of the challenge. Um, so I, it's tough. The surge one is really I mean, impressive. That, I mean, that's that one is crazy. That's the oldest one. Um, but lefty on Ibaka, the Euro step. I mean, that was uh, that was a hell of a dunk. Um, I will say this. I think the most elegant looking was the Pacers dunk like that looked like he was making like a Michael Jordan poster. <laughs> in it, a game. That one was crazy. You know, it looked like he was, uh, Hey, go. It looked like someone was like, Hey, here, go, go do Michael Jordan junking from the free throw line in a game. And they, I, you know, nobody like challenged him obviously. Um, but just from like sheer ground being covered. Yeah. I mean, that was, um, that, that was insane. But I agree. Maybe the, the double clutch one may still be like the most improbable and the most, like nobody else even tries to do that kind of um i think the the jumping over hardaway one um it's it's obviously just so unique just because of you know just hardaway happening to have the misfortune to be near him and i think again just the the dunk and the way the ball went through the rim and everything was also just like extremely just clean and um i think the other piece too here whoever in the production truck caught John McEnroe's reaction. Like, oh God, right it's so happened. good. I mean that that is hugely valuable to um, you know to to how this dunk will be perceived. I mean, if somebody had caught you know David Gruber reacting uh, <laughs> at the Bradley Center when Jared Allen dunked, like not not quite as cool. Not no. quite as cool. Not no. quite as cool. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think. I, you know, it's like choosing, you know, your, your favorite uh, child. You, you can't pick, you can't <laughs> choose. Um, they're each special in their own way. And I think, um, let's just say this, we're, we are blessed that we can even just discuss Giannis having all of these incredible dunks uh, in his, uh, in his repertoire and, and having him on his, uh, on his ledger. Uh, so uh, good times, good times for the Bucks. bad, bad, bad times for the Knicks, obviously with, with the Chris Stapps news, bad times for the NBA in general, obviously you hate to see it. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, for the Bucks, they keep on rolling. And uh, obviously I think, I think what was fun about this game though, the sense that you had a bunch of guys kind of playing well together. Like, I think that was what was so fun about mm-hmm. this game was, you know, especially once they kind of got rolling in that second quarter and third quarter, you felt like Bledsoe's got it going. Bledsoe's in the game. Bledsoe's passing. He's deferring. Giannis is attacking. Giannis got things going. Chris was making shots, kind of playing off of other guys. And Jabari was doing kind of what Jabari does, you know, being kind of an off-ball guy and being active and all that stuff. So, um, anyway, uh, could have been a lot very different story, but obviously ended up being another another pretty fun Bucks win against uh, against a bad team. But you know, you can only play who's on the schedule. So one thing I wanted to ask you was after the McEnroe uh, reaction, I thought about tweeting out a Mr. Deeds quote where Adam Sandler's character hangs out with Johnny Mac. So now I have to ask you, would you have gotten any Mr. Deeds references? Have you seen the movie and how do you feel about it? 
I maybe have seen parts, which is weird because I feel like I've seen every other Adam Sandler movie in that um, in that kind of time period. Like I, maybe everything before that I saw. Okay. Um, and then I didn't see Mr. Deeds. I think Little Nicky may have come out, like either right or before, or right after that one too. I didn't see that. Um, I feel like that's generally considered sort of one Sandler's. It started uh, to go downhill. Yeah, it started to go downhill. I, there's a sweetness um, to Mr. So. Deeds that I enjoy. So okay, I'm happy that. So I, I've been kind of regretting it, not regretting it, but now it seems as though some of my followers have tweeted out Mr. Deeds references after. So I'm regretting not doing it. Um, other thing I wanted to mention: Air Casna, uh, a regular listener said that his wife said to him he had to learn the hard way after that dunk and mm. he would normally not ask to have this given attention to but he thought it was pretty pretty funny and you know what if there's one thing we like here it's bad puns and yep <clears throat> he had to learn the hard way there's no way uh, there's no way i could go through this podcast without using it so shout out to eric for always listening and shout out to his wife for making a truly terrible pun that we can all enjoy. Uh, Bucks win 103-89. Giannis Dedekumbo, 23 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, 1 steal. Those boxes and steals, Frank, they're coming back. Um, coming back. So that happened. Also, he dunked over a guy, um, which is wild. Uh, Chris Middleton, 20 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, a block, uh, 8 for 15, 2 of 4 from 3. And then... Eric Bledsoe, 23.7 of 11 from the field, 7 for 7 from the line, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, Bledsoe, a plus 31, a game best, plus 31. Bucks win, 103-89. Hoping for the best for Kristaps Porzingis. He tore his ACL during the game, dunking on Giannis, so hopefully he is feeling better and he he has a full full recovery hashtag ban injuries they're very stupid um that's gonna be it for us for tonight we'll talk to you again tomorrow this episode of locked on bucks was brought to you by draft use the promo code l-o-b-u-c-k-s again that's l-o bucks for locked on bucks and that'll get you a free play over at draft either head to draft.com or download the app it's draft it's very simple it's very easy it's very fun so head over there today and do that Compete in our leagues and try to take our money. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.